Hey everybody, welcome to Crackpot, the podcast where each and every week we dive into a different conspiracy theory and discuss the merits or demerits of each. We're your hosts, I'm Tim. And I'm Zach. And boy do we have a hot one today. What are we talking about, buddy? The Titanic. Ooh, the movie? <laughs> no, yes, uh, not really, no. What if I told you everything you knew about the Titanic was wrong? In the movie? <laughs> or what are we talking about? <laughs> no, okay. Well, let, let's let's step back. What do you know about the Titanic? Not okay. the movie. The actual historical event. Here's the sad thing. Everything that I know about the Titanic is yeah. either based on what I read in like third and fourth grade, you know, like picture books about, you know, historical events or the movie because the intervening years, I never really paid any attention to it. And so I'm just like, you know, sadly misinformed about the whole situation. Yeah. Sure. Or or not. I mean, well, oh. uh, tell, just, yeah, tell me. Okay. Roughly. So here, here's give, what give I know. Give me a sketch. Okay. And, and this is it, really. There was a very large ship that was constructed. Yeah. Early 1900s. <laughs> good, 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 good. <laughs> this ship was so large, it was celebrated as like the largest ship on earth. And in order to kind of, uh, you know, let it out on its maiden voyage off to sea, you know, they had a lot of different people on this ship. Somewhere over the Atlantic, hidden iceberg. From what I recall, the yeah. iceberg uh-huh. underneath the water was like the worst part of the whole thing. Like it didn't look like anything above the water. Right, right. Hit it. Basically, yeah. everybody died except for like a really small handful of people. Except um, Kate Winslet. <laughs> was <laughs> right. it Rose? Was it <laughs> Rose. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Rose survived. <laughs> Rose survived. Uh, like a locket. Maybe a handful of other people. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's about all I've got. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, you got, you got obviously most of the, most of the facts, right? So wait, <laughs> are you serious? Cause I just yeah, assumed I was wrong. I mean, no, I no. That. I mean that, that, yes. Yeah. So okay. what I, what I'm going to say, all right, sounds crazy. All right. Here, but hear me out. What if the Titanic never sank? Well, then we'd have to call the movie like a work of fiction, right? <laughs> right. No, it never sank. Like, okay, okay, okay. So this, I I read about this conspiracy theory, the Titanic never sank. What? That's insane. Like, there's a whole movie based on it. There's James Cameron drove his little submarine to the bottom of the ocean and took pictures of it. Okay, yes, a boat sank. Sure, sure. Okay, there were people on it. A lot of them died. It was a horrible tragedy. I'm not making light of that. But maybe the boat that sank was not the Titanic. That's actually really hard to kind of wrap my mind around. I've never heard of this other than when you said this was a topic. Um, logistically, in my head, none of it checks out. Okay. But it sounds like a freaking awesome conspiracy, <laughs> which is why I'd love to hear okay, kind okay. Of more about it. Let, so. me, let me lay the scene. Okay. All right. April 10th. A ship leaves port for New York. On April 14th, several days into its maiden voyage, perhaps, it struck an iceberg at 11.40 p.m. Two hours and 40 minutes later, the boat sinks. That would be April 15th at 2.30. In the morning, 2,224 people died. Undisputed, okay? That's what happened. Now, let's... Let's try to get there. Okay. okay. So, can I just say one thing too? 
I thought like way more people died than that. <laughs> two hundred twenty-four. Not that two, it's nothing. Two thousand. Oh, did I? Did uh, I? Uh, <laughs> either you misheard or yeah. I? I didn't say. Correctly. I probably misheard. But anyways, okay. Two thousand two hundred and twenty-four people. Okay, that's legit. That's both uh, crew and uh, yeah. and passengers, and that number could be disputed depending on where you look because some people died later of hypothermia. Oh, sure, some people sure. died in the water. The uh, the you know who was actually on the ship you know some of those records were lost so pretty good best estimate the number i saw most often in my research 2224 not that it's terribly relevant for the rest of the story quick question for you do you know um kind of like what the type of people were on that ship or like what the purpose was was it truly like you know a, a mode of transportation to get people from one place to another and yeah. that was it yeah like i mean no it, other... it was yeah you know you're not going to take okay. a jet from europe to yeah. america you're going to get on a big old boat sure ship and it's going to be you know glorious this is the finest way to travel if you got money and if you don't have money it's just a you know it's your ticket to the new world oh, and back of course sure sure because it would go back and forth so white star line that was the name of the shipping company so they had a boat, a ship, uh, called the Olympic that they launched in 1910. Now, the Olympic, this is important, nearly identical to the Titanic. It's the same size, the same length, everything. So why wasn't that such a big deal at the time as compared to the Titanic? Because the Titanic was such a big thing, right? Big, you know, so that, I'm not entirely sure. Hmm. So this could have been, oh, boy. Asking questions I don't know. <laughs> so this could have been the first uh, trip across the Atlantic. Oh. I believe that was the case. Okay. But anyway, there was a ship out there already very, very similar, nearly identical, called the Olympic. Now, on September 20th, 1911, that ship, the Olympic, collided with a Royal Navy warship somewhere just outside port. And that ship was called the HMS Hawk. Now, the HMS Hawk had a essentially like a battering ram almost that was designed to inflict as much damage when it collided with enemy ships. Now, obviously, it didn't intentionally hit the Olympic or the Olympic didn't intentionally hit the Hawk, but a collision occurred and a significant amount of damage was done to the Olympic. So eyewitnesses say that the Hawk hit the Olympic. Others say it was the other way around, but essentially... The court says, you know what? The Olympic is the one to blame in this. Hmm. Now, you, I seem to recall, used to work for a ambulance uh, attorney <laughs> that, <laughs> that specialized in insurance situations, workers. Workers comp, workers personal comp. injury, sure. dog bites, you name it. <laughs> of course, and, and good for him. Now, um, what... Uh, if, if a court assigns blame to one party over the other, what do you know about payouts, basically? Well, just in fact, you know, in general, the, yeah. the paying party is usually insured for whatever, you know, the case may have been, mm -hmm. right? And that's where the money actually comes from. So the insurance company generally makes the payments out. So for instance, dog bite case, it's going to come out of the homeowner's insurance, for example. If it's a car accident case, it's going to come out of the car insurance, Um so in, unless that person has, uh, you know, extremely deep pockets, it's the insurance company that you go to to actually get the payout from. Does that make sense? Yeah, basically. Okay. So driver A hits driver B, damage mm -hmm. to both cars. Mm -hmm. Driver A's at fault. 
Sure. Is he going to get money? Generally not. Generally not. Right. So therein lies the problem. So Lloyd's of London was the insurance company for uh, White Star Line. They refused to pay out the claim. The damage was such that it was no longer really um, seaworthy at this point. It had a permanent list to port. Now, I'm going to quiz you a pop quiz on your nautical directions here. I'm going to ace this. <laughs> yeah. Port, left or right? Left. 50 feet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Star, starboard. One for one. Starboard. Right. Right. Okay. Got it. Now we got bow and aft, front or back. Oh, God. Which okay. one's which? Bow. That's got to be in front, right? Yeah. There you go. Yes. Boom. Bingo. You are a regular sea captain. All right. So the damage made the Olympic not generally seaworthy. It had to go back for repairs, and it had, this is important, a permanent list, meaning it leans to port left. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. All right. So this basically meant that White Star Line was taking a huge financial loss. Hmm. They had to fix this ship and they had, so they had no operating ships of this size right now. Mm -hmm. And they had another one waiting to come out called the Titanic. Okay, so still being built. Sure. Not ready yet. Uh-huh. So the, the one that they were hoping to generate revenue from is back for repairs. And the one that they're waiting to launch is still there. So they're essentially they have a, uh, a revenue problem. Okay. So this, this is where the conspiracy kind of. Yeah, this sounds like. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So they decide to earn some money. In a very interesting way. So basically, as the conspiracy goes, they switched the two ships. The Olympic became the Titanic, went in for repairs, and the Titanic became the Olympic. You with me? I'm with you. Okay. So when the Titanic is getting ready for its maiden voyage... It's no longer a brand new ship. It used to be the Olympic. Got it. So when the Titanic is getting ready for its so-called maiden voyage, in fact, it's just like this recycled. It's just a recycled, Olympus. Bang, banged up old ship. Yep. How Logistically, though, how would this even be possible? Right. So because they were so close in size, in shape, in everything, all that they would really have to do is put a new name on the hull and then swap out anything that had the name Olympic with things that had the name Titanic. And before you even ask, what are those things? Lifeboats, the bell, the compass, and of course, the nameplate on the side. Now, the nameplate on the side of the Olympic was painted on. The nameplate on the side of the Titanic, and when I say this now, I'm talking about the one that actually set sail, that was riveted on. Covered up? I don't know. Mm. I mean, was that covering something up? Potentially. So... Can I just say, though, okay, you don't have the answer to any of these points that I'm going to bring up, but just to, like, poke some holes in it, if you will. Um, So I took a ship this last summer across Lake Michigan, the SS Badger, from... Uh, Michigan to Wisconsin. There was not a single hallway that I went down, a door that I saw, 
a, a cup or anything that didn't have the words SS Badger <laughs> on it. It was like everything on that ship was branded. Right. I recognize it's not the same today as it was uh, back in the day. But I'm just going to say, like, there are probably some parallels where, you know, this would have been a fairly celebrated ship. I'm sure there'd have been some, like, memorabilia and stuff on the ship. Not to mention the uh, Olympia had already been out to, out to sea. And so, I mean, there mu- must have been some wear and tear on it. Not that they couldn't fix that. But to me, it just feels like, okay, I want this to be true. Well, uh, okay. I'd be interested to find out if this were true, but it just seems like this logistically would be so difficult to pull off. Sure. So you talk about wear and tear. Yeah. The Titanic did have new carpet in it. And what a lot of people think is that what they did is quickly covered up the old linoleum that was in it mm-hmm. with this brand new carpet to make it look good. But it's true. I mean, it's not like every cup or every plate or every door said yeah. Titanic, Titanic, yeah. Titanic. Yeah. It was really only those very few things. Okay. It would have been relatively quick and wouldn't have involved a lot of people to pull this off. Interesting. Okay. So, so the plan was, with any good insurance scam, to swap it out, yep. send them out into the ocean, and then crash it to collect the insurance money. Okay. <laughs> Is this assuming that basically everyone will perish or is this? No, no. And this is an interesting thing I learned about the lifeboats. And, you know, for people that have know a lot more about this than I do, this is probably obvious information. But the lifeboats on that ship, I mean, everybody knows the story. There weren't enough lifeboats for everyone. Yep. So now every time you go out under the water, there's enough lifeboats and enough life preservers and all that stuff, which it should be. But the lifeboats that were on that ship were designed to ferry you from the sinking ship to the next one that was supposed to be close by. And as everyone knows, the Titanic was the quote-unquote unsinkable ship. Right. So, yes, no one was thinking they would have to use them, but if it was going to go down, it was going to be a slow, 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 slow sink Hmm. in which people would be able to, people's ships would be able to come in close and then... um, they would just ferry them back and forth, and, and everyone would be able to get off in time. Got it. Okay. Fascinating. Yeah. So it wasn't this devious plan to murder thousands of people in order to sure. collect a lot of money. It was almost like a, you know, well, uh, let's just, we'll, we'll set ourselves up in such a way that, like, you know, we're not going to go out of our way to harm anybody. We'll try to make this as, like, I don't know, harmless as possible. Sure. Um, but clearly they failed in that regard. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say being Whoops. 2020. Yeah. <laughs> a couple thousand people died. Oh, God. So that was the plan. Um, like you said, it was, uh, you know, in, it kind of encountered a few bumps along the way. But uh, so they would go out in the middle. They would look around, find some ships that were nearby close enough they would send out a distress signal and the plan was to open up the seacocks slowly to let water in and then enough ships nearby would would come by and save everyone Hmm. so i mentioned that the olympic after it had uh been struck by the hawk had a a permanent list to the side now any inquiring mind paying attention to this would say well did the Titanic have this, or were they able to fix that in time? So there's uh, at least two accounts mm. of survivors that I have found. One was written by Lawrence. Uh, it was a book written by Lawrence Beasley. And in this book, he said, I then called the attention of our table to the way the Titanic listed to port. I had noticed this before. And we watched the skyline through the portholes as we sat at the purser's table in the saloon. 
That would be so freaky to get on a ship. Look out the and portal. it's already yeah. leaning. It's like, what? <laughs> so it, other people notice this as well. And the idea or the, the thought was that it was a brand new ship. There were new workers down below. So they just kind of loaded the cargo incorrectly. Okay. So that was, Fair. you know, that was an explanation. Now, the other one was during testimony after the Titanic sank. And this was uh, by Norman Chambers. And he said... However, there was a slight list to starboard with probably a few degrees in pitch, and as the ship had a list to port nearly all afternoon, I decided to remain up. So he's saying it, it kind of leaned one way for a while, and then as they left, uh, they left the port, it had a, uh, a list to port, if you follow. So again, two, two people in written uh, form both talked about this. And we all know that the Olympic, the crash before this, also had a, a list to port. So it's, it's striking in that. We know that there's a, uh, a severe financial um, revenue problem by the, the shipping company. So it all seems to line up. You know, I'd be curious, Tim, um, are there any pictures of the outside? I mean, they'd have to be identical, right? Is there any way to look back into this? So, okay, I kept saying they're nearly identical. They're very, very similar. Mm -hmm. They're very similar in size, in shape. Overall, you glance at the two sitting side by side, you're not going to see a lot of difference. Now, let me show you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up a picture of this here. Now, take a look at these two ships side by side and okay. tell me what you see. Sure. And I will say for the uh, dear listener, we're going to post these on the site, of course, so you can actually go back and take a look. What I'm looking at here are two ships in black and white, top to bottom. Yep, I see them. Definitely look like ships. <laughs> okay, okay. Take a look at the, the near the front. Take a look at the portholes, the spacing. Yeah, okay. They're different, okay. right? Totally, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's all I'm pointing out with that. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Now Got I'm going to show you another one here. Take a look at these. All right, you'll notice the top two are pictures taken from of of the ship that is at the bottom of the ocean, okay? Now the one on the bottom is a picture of the Titanic that was built at port. Okay? So this is actually now, totally right, different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Now those are completely different. Describe just wow. describe the describe the shape of the windows. Yeah, so so um for the Titanic, the windows are much more square, whereas in the uh, in the Olympic, they're much more of rectangle shapes and they're much like longer looking. And so, you know, when you look at the pictures of the originals as well as the one that's in the bottom of the ocean, to me, this is like extremely clear that this is the Olympic and this is not the Titanic that's in like the bottom of the ocean. Like just looking at these pictures. Obviously, I can't validate where these came from or any of that kind of stuff. But like, just looking at these pictures, you'd say, "Wow, those are two entirely different ships." Right. So basically, the ship at the bottom of the ocean has rectangular portholes near the front, and they're unevenly spaced. And of course, if you have any pictures of the maiden voyage, it's going to look the same because obviously that is the ship that ended up at the bottom of the ocean. Right. However, those are the same window shape as any picture you see of the Olympic before it crashed. Sure. So the, in essence, the pictures of the Olympic before it crashed right. look just like 
you know, what you'd right. see now at the bottom of the ocean. Right. Like, yeah. And the Olympic itself, if you follow this theory, mm-hmm. existed for another, I think, 25 or 35 more years and had a very different window structure. It's, it's bizarre. It's mm-hmm. weird. And again, like you said, I can't verify these. Mm-hmm. One of them's at the bottom of the ocean. One of them has been decommissioned and turned into scrap metal. There's not a lot of photos that exist of the original Olympic before the second ship was built. Sure. So, and even even if there is one out there, it's hard to say if it were um, switched or mislabeled intentionally or unintentionally. Right. So there is a lot of that to it. But I feel that just it, it's bizarre, especially with the 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 firsthand accounts of people saying that it it leaned one way. And we know that the the one that was injured was also leaning that way. Mm-hmm. Well, so to me, it seems like it almost feels less like a conspiracy and more just like this company tried to put a different ship in its place to recoup some of the costs of having lost or more or less lost a ship. Right. With the unintended consequence or maybe intended consequence of it going down, but then, you know, people dying, obviously not being the uh, <laughs> right. the intended outcome there, I guess. But but to me, it's like this just on its face, mm-hmm. logistics aside, does seem fairly plausible, at least just by looking at the pictures. Sure. Right. And it's I mean, it's one thing to swindle a, an insurance company. It's <laughs> not not that I'm condoning that necessarily, but it's like, OK, we're going to go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, we've sold yes. all these tickets. Yes. We can't pay the workers, et cetera, right. et cetera. Um, we need to find a quick way to do this. It's going to be relatively harmless and we'll be able to stay uh, afloat. Yep. No pun intended. Yep. I don't think anyone intended to um, murder a couple thousand people to keep a company afloat. But right. I think it's a really interesting conspiracy that I had never heard about before this. No, this is totally new to me as well. Okay, so that that's that's chapter one. The Titanic, like any major public catastrophe, always has a lot of conspiracies swirling around it. Right after the break, we're going to talk about another one. A little bit more out there, but pretty darn interesting nonetheless. We'll be so, right wait, back. Wait, so the second one's more out there? <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I, like, I love the sounds of that. That's sweet. Okay. Cool. We'll be right back. Great. Welcome back, everybody, to Crackpot. Tim's just taking us through here a couple of conspiracies related to the sinking of the Titanic. And so he just brought us through the first conspiracy, and now he said he's got another one that's even more um, unbelievable or wild than the first one, which to me is, I'm like really excited. What's to hear more about. wild than a 
insane insurance scam that ends up with thousands of people dead in the middle of the North Atlantic. Oh, man. I, <laughs> I can't even imagine what this is going to be. Okay. So this theory revolves around the Federal Reserve. Okay. So what if the ship, the Titanic, was sank on purpose in order to eliminate opposition to the creation of the Federal Reserve. Now that would be a real <laughs> conspiracy in my eyes. That yes. Is that's not that's not just your run of the mill. No. No. <laughs> bait and switch. Right. Insurance fraud. We're talking about intrigue. We're talking about the highest levels of power and wealth in the entire world. We're talking about the federal government. We're talking about banking, industry, everything, assassination. You with me? Oh, I'm loving this. <laughs> All right. J.P. Morgan. You may have heard his name. Of course. His name still uh, is on the side of an uh, investment banking firm. He was once called the Napoleon of Wall Street. Now, in today's money, he would have been worth, get this, $38 billion. That's a lot of money. It's, it's, That's a lot of money. It's a lot more zeros than I have to my name. I, I uh, am not ashamed to admit. He, uh, just to give you a little bit of background on him, he helped create a few companies you may have heard of, uh, General Electric. Oh, really? International Harvester, U.S. Steel. He also owned a little uh, shipping company by the name of International Mercantile Marine, which owned another little shipping company by the name of White Star Line, which created, built the Titanic. Okay? Now, a little bit of a history lesson for you. In 1907, there was a bank failure that led to bankruptcy bank runs. It was called the Panic of 07, okay? So basically what happened then, and I know there's 100 people listening to this that are probably going to correct me with all the nuances <laughs> and the facts, but essentially, please yeah, bear yeah. with me, essentially what happened was uh, when a bank failed, ran out of money, you, you've seen It's a Wonderful Life, of right? Course, yep. Oh, my money's not here. Your, your, your money's in uh, Bill's house, and his money's in Frank's house. See? No, no. Anyway, <laughs> when, when a bank fails, uh, there's a bank run. Everyone tries mm-hmm. to get it, mm-hmm. and that creates a domino effect. And right. another bank fails, and another bank fails, and all of a sudden you have a mass panic, and uh, you're on the brink of financial collapse. Yep. Okay? So this happens. It's getting bad. It's looking really, really bleak. Now, J.P. Morgan brought all the principal players to his very, very large mansion somewhere out east. I don't know where. It doesn't matter. Picture a a big mansion full of cigar smoke and a lot of guys with fancy top hats and tailcoats sitting around basically trying to solve this because their wealth, their money, their livelihood is locked up in this as much as anyone else's. So what he does is he commands the entire room to use their own personal capital to flood the system, hmm. thus floating the banks and restoring confidence in the system. Got it. J.P. Morgan, a private banker, saved the entire federal government and the economic wherewithal of mm-hmm. the United States of America. Got it. Good for him. 
we're all glad he did it, but it didn't seem right. And he knew that too. He knew that basically the the wherewithal, the financial solvency, the health of an economic system shouldn't have to reside with a bunch of incredibly wealthy private bankers, essentially. So mm-hmm. he wanted the creation of a central bank, the Federal Reserve. So this was kicked around for a while, and this was 1907 when the panic happened. And we know that the Titanic sank a few years later. So there wasn't any legislation up to that point. There was a a national dialogue, a a good healthy debate as to whether or not this should be created or, or not. But basically what the Federal Reserve was intended to do was to keep banks solvent, be able to step in if needed, among other things. I know that it does a lot more and it did a lot more and everything else, but the goals were to balance the private interests of the banks with the centralized responsibility of the government, okay? So the public versus the private, the centralized versus decentralized. And that's Mm -hmm. a larger conversation Mm -hmm. that we've been having probably ever since and long before that. Sure. So it seems like a good idea, basically, in and of Mm -hmm. itself. Right. But who would be opposed to this? The wealthy? The powerful? Exactly. So this is where it gets interesting. So we have J.P. Morgan, mm-hmm. worth $38 billion, clamoring and fighting and advocating for the creation of this Federal Reserve. And there's a group of people, strong, powerful, wealthy, loud people that are very, very opposed to this. Coincidentally enough, they had all booked tickets on the Titanic's maiden voyage. Is this real? Yes. One hundred. <laughs> And 10% real. (laughs) Okay. So just so you know, this was, like I said, Mr. Morgan owned International Mercantile Marine that owned White Star Line that owned the Titanic. He had his own private suite with its own private promenade, Mm -hmm. with his own private bath, even had custom-made gold cigar holders next to the bathtub. (laughs) I mean, it was all out. Okay. So he was set to go and he said, Hey guys, come take a, come take a trip on this brand new, amazing, gorgeous ship that I built. It's going to be luxurious. It's going to be beautiful. So he invites Isidore Strauss. Never heard of him? Never. Co-owner of Macy department stores. Ah, okay. You want to know what he would be worth today? Oof. $5.1 $5.1 billion. Sure. Okay. He invited Benjamin Guggenheim. May have heard of his last name. Yeah, of course. He was a very prominent businessman. Do you know how much he was worth? $37.2 billion. Whoa. He invited the richest man in the entire world, John Jacob Astor IV. He made his money through patents, real estate, He built a little uh, hotel somewhere in New York City called the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. He would be worth, in today's money, $58.7 billion. Now, you can imagine that with that kind of money and that kind of influence and that kind of power, these men could probably influence a lot of different legislation. Mm -hmm. And they were all on board 
and they all had tickets. The very day the Titanic sets sail, J.P. Morgan says, you know what? I'm not feeling well. I'm going to cancel my ticket here. I'm going to stay at my little French resort, and I hope to feel better soon. So I'll see you guys in New York. Take care. See you later. One hour before the Titanic leaves the dock, he had seven incredibly valuable bronze statues worth millions of dollars removed very quickly, very hastily from the Titanic. Okay? Ship leaves. The ship, the unsinkable Titanic, accidentally, whoops, crashes in to this iceberg in the middle of the North Atlantic. There's not a rescue ship anywhere nearby. They all perish, and the Federal Reserve is created shortly thereafter, thus fulfilling Mr. Morgan's dreams. And I'd like to say they all live happily ever after, but a lot of people didn't. So <laughs> I'm like completely a, blown away right, right now. Right, right. Yeah. So just, and just so you know, there were other people that canceled tickets as well, okay? Yeah, okay. Well, so I wanted to clarify one point, which is uh, J.P. Morgan, I'm sorry, the other financiers yes. were still on that ship that sank. Those very, very wealthy men mm-hmm. were... They died in the Titanic? They died. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. They all went down. They all perished. They're all sitting somewhere at the bottom of the sea, eaten by sharks and whales. I don't know what's down there. But like I said, there were a couple other people that canceled tickets as well. Very interesting. I told you that Mr. Morgan was um, had a, a hand in the creation of uh, the U.S. Steel. Uh, so uh, did a man by the name of Henry Clay Frick, who also canceled his ticket moments before never got on there was also a guy you may have heard of i don't know by the name of george w vanderbilt really (laughs) who canceled his ticket one day before wow and the united states ambassador to france mr robert bacon also suddenly just became ill moments before the ship left port okay well, I'm going to try to draw an analogy that may or may not hit. So just kind of hang with me for a sec. I feel like, you know, recently, obviously, in, in the Twin Cities, we had the uh, Super Bowl. And from what we gathered, you know, the average ticket price is around $2,000. And so I think what it amounts to is it's, it's, a, it's a gigantic show for people who have money. And whether or not they care anything about the sport of football itself, it's more of a display or a show of wealth than kind of anything else. Watching the game, I saw some empty seats. It wouldn't be like uncalled for to have people cancel for either a ship or a large event that maybe they you know put a lot of money into ahead of time especially when they're that wealthy so while i'm very much intrigued by the you know coincidences if they were of people like backing out at the last minute that to me doesn't seem like it's quite the smoking gun yet sure Uh, you're right anyone anyone can decide at the last minute or anytime leading up to an event sure like the maiden voyage of the titanic that they don't want to participate or or get on board but what's interesting is the the amount of wealth that these people had not only that the fact that they were all very vocal vocally opposed to this very central key thing that mr morgan who owned the ship was trying to do it's 
It's a conspiracy, and it's weird because you can draw connections. Oh, That's absolutely. why I like it. All the connections are there. And in fact, like, <laughs> it would just be so um, hard to believe that somebody would be okay with destroying thousands of people. <laughs> and ultimately, the fortunes and, you know, uh, you know, family you know, families to come out of these, you know, very wealthy uh, folks. I just like, to me, it's like hard to kind of wrap my head around how he would execute that. Well, I really want this. Yeah. If thousands of people die because I want it, you know, well, they got in the way. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing too, is it's like, it's hard to believe that he couldn't have thought of another solution other than the federal reserve, given just how much money it was. <laughs> and in fact, because he was so clever in how he was a financier, like he couldn't somehow figure out, uh, figure out another way to engineer wealth for himself, um, you know, circumventing a Federal Reserve. Sure. Um, unless he was just really passionate about the government, like owning this function of, you know, an agency or, or sure. a branch of the government. Not, yeah. not branch, but, you know. So, yeah, I mean, you're saying basically like, well, God, you know, sh- sinking a ship is kind of like uh, – it's it's like taking a sledgehammer to a... <laughs> Surely there was another option, <laughs> right. right? I mean... <laughs> oh, I got to do the dishes. Crash, you know, right? No. Yeah. Like he could have, you know, if if he owned the ship, he could have poisoned their meal. Or he could have had someone throw them overboard. Well, <laughs> or, I was actually thinking of, it, thinking of it more like this. You know, he would set up an insurance company or something. Oh, to oh yes. Like, like, like a legitimate yes, way. Okay. Like a business <laughs> solution to this whole thing. I prefer to think of uh, Mr. Morgan as a very maniacal, evil yeah, kind yeah. of guy, you know, twisting his mustache. Right, but right. yeah, sure. <laughs> he probably could have done it a couple different ways. You're absolutely right. I was thinking like, okay, well, he got them on the ship. <laughs> if he still wants them dead, he doesn't have to sink the whole damn thing. He could just... Right. <laughs> That's that's where I'm going with this, right? Right, yeah. So I think I think we're both in agreement that there are or were probably a couple different ways to maybe approach this, <laughs> but but it served its purpose. Clearly, it <laughs> he worked. Did, he, he didn't fail to do what he set out to do. The man, the man was good at getting things done. All right, yeah. And he was gonna do it by by gum. He was gonna do it. You know, I'd be curious to, to find out too. In, in any of the research that you did, did you see anything um, mentioned about this thing in the uh, like the families of those people that died, specifically those financiers? Did anyone like hint at or allude to? This being a conspiracy or, or place blame at all? No, Anything that you could find. At yeah, least? no, and and that's that's a very legitimate angle. I didn't really research, and nothing jumped out. Right, right. And again, you know, both of these, both the insurance scam and this uh, large scale assassination attempt, are uh, both fringe. To say the least. Yeah, I think you know, so. They're, they're not so. really uh, recognized by mainstream uh, society or thought or anything like that. But, hey, that's why I find it interesting. So, you know, there there wasn't uh, – well, you know what? I, I was going to say there wasn't some, some widow saying, oh, my gosh, everybody, mm-hmm. he did this. He yeah. bumped off my husband. But as I was saying that, I realized that most of their families died in this as well. Oh, <laughs> so I was kind of okay. Yes, okay, there you go. yes. Yeah. I mean, their wives were on board. I don't know if they had children or not. I didn't. Yeah, but see, that's kind of what I was getting that. at too earlier, which was like, you know, if if there would have been a survivor, they might have said, oh, well, you know, he and uh, J.P. Morgan really, you know, butted heads on X, Y, Z. Right. This seems too fishy to me. Right. You know, 
But if the, if the boat goes down, it wasn't an accident. Right. Yeah, no, nothing. Right. I didn't. Like I didn't see anything like that necessarily. But right. I don't know. Should we see where we land on this? I think so. Okay. Yeah. So theory one. Yes. The Titanic was not the Titanic. It was actually the Olympic and a vast and insane insurance scandal to keep a company afloat. I would say believable. Uh huh. I can't say that I believe it. Yep. Just based on the evidence that I saw today, it's very, very believable. I would have to like actually dig into the archives to look at, you know, before and after photos and all that kind of stuff to final <laughs> to, to put the final nail in the coffin. Uh, but I got to say that one, even though it's like less exciting of the two conspiracies, is significantly more believable um, in just how it this could be a thing that a company thought, hey, we'll try to get a little bit of money out of this uh, ship that we kind of lost and nobody's really going to know the difference. So what could possibly go wrong? Right. That's right. why I think that one's believable. The second one, f- oh, far more intriguing. And I wouldn't say that um, it's unbelievable. I have to imagine that over the years to a- acquire that much wealth, J.P. Morgan probably did other things that were, you know, not so uh, savory. Not, not sure. equally as devious. Yeah, but, but like, but, you know, had to get ahead type of thing. So uh, I wouldn't say it's out of the realm of possibility, but it just seems like it is the most hardline way <laughs> to go after these guys <laughs> right. that you could possibly manage. Yeah, so yeah. for me, that seems like, okay, that makes it a little less believable, but still, uh, crazy conspiracy. How about you, man? Where'd you land? So um, I'll work backwards. The... the um, Federal Reserve, you know, the fact or the theory mm-hmm. that he eliminated his opposition to the creation of the Federal Reserve by sinking his ship. I love that idea. I just I think it's incredibly fascinating. Um, I I don't believe that, though. I, I think it's uh, a lot of just kind of filling in facts after it happened to basically make what did happen line up if that makes sense oh yeah oh yeah creating a narrative exactly so yes there were incredibly wealthy people on board that died uh that's documented fact um yes he canceled his ticket at the last minute are those two and and yes he wanted the creation of the federal reserve and yes those people that died did not are those connected? Probably not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like we said, so outlandish to go to that extreme to just knock these people off. Is it possible? Yeah, it is possible. It would be one of the most bizarre things <laughs> in American history, I suppose. But no, I I don't really subscribe to that. Now, the insurance scandal, the uh-huh. insurance fraud one, it's not as sexy. You know, right. it's, it's like right. we swap a boat, we make some money. There was a catastrophic failure along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that one, it's it's not... It's not as interesting, but I think it's far more believable. So yeah. I think we're pretty much in line as far as that goes. I, Looking at the photos of the two ships, what's on the bottom of the ocean, and what was the Olympic that was sailing around before it got injured, uh, what I saw online leads me to believe that that occurred, that being said, I 
don't know how much credibility I can give those photos yes. without doing more research. Fair point. So if it's accurate, then yeah, it, it happened <laughs> like, yeah, without a doubt yeah. <laughs> because there were two ships, one of them sank, and they looked different. That's true. So it's... Oh, man, I wish I had more time and resources to look into this. So, folks at home, if you have any insight or if you know more about this or if you can point me in a direction that could shed light one way or the other, I would love to hear it. But right now, as is, I'm leaning more towards the mainstream theory of the Titanic as the Titanic actually was the one to sink and that's probably fortunately or unfortunately the real story makes perfect sense Thanks, everybody, for diving into this with us this week. Uh, it was uh, really interesting research in this. I, like I said, I had never heard of this before. I started looking into it, and there's some, there's some wild stuff out there. There's more conspiracies about the Titanic that we didn't even touch on. Uh, if you have one that seems more interesting that you'd like to hear about, let us know. And uh, as always, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, it only takes a minute, but it means a whole lot to us. And like I said, if you have another topic that you'd like to hear us talk about, whether it's Titanic-related or not, please put it in the comments. We will be sure to look at it and give it some thought. And as always, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.